church plant in Bend, Oregon? Why? Well, just like here, it's been discovered through leadership from here that is now there in Bend. The discipleship in Jesus Christ is continually being misunderstood. And the population of undisciplined, unchurched, biblically illiterate, well, they're steadily growing. And the unloved and the unwanted and the untouchable and the unchurched, as well as the spiritually damaged, the de-churched, they're being overlooked as potential disciples of Jesus Christ. Instead, we've given them some food or a couple of bucks, maybe hand them a Bible and tell them that they should come to church while we secretly hope they don't so we don't have to invest. See, people are being missed. So what, what's the solution? And answer the call through the established leadership of our own Pastor Nick Griggs and his leadership team, answer the call to continue the church Jesus Christ started 2,000 years ago. A church that has a vision and process for discipling and a clear biblical structure for leadership where Jesus is the senior pastor. A church that is not intimidating, that is not scary, but is in fact culturally inviting for the biblically challenged, for the skeptical and even the suspicious. A family that is honest with their brokenness, loving and caring. A home that receives and equips and sends. A church that is making it easier for others to know Jesus and leading them into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ from the ground up. Grassroots revival. Praise the Lord. Praise Amen. The Lord. Woo! Woo! From the ground up. That's exactly what has been happening right here, all right? From the ground up, man. I remember when this brother showed up, man. I mean, all the way tore up to the ground, right, brother? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, we didn't need yeah, to mention that. It's true. All right? <laughs> but I mean, you know what? And then watching how God has formed him, all right? And then watching how he has actually began your marriage. I remember the first time Chelsea saw you, the first words that came in her mouth was like, was it, who, who's that? <laughs> who's oh. that? And I remember thinking, yeah, I don't remember. Later, I thought, well, if I would have told her that's your future husband, she probably would have took off running. Yeah, right? Anyways, would've. praise the Lord. And so, the, for those of you who haven't been here and don't, don't know this, this is Pastor Nick Griggs, all right? He grew up here in the faith, praise the Lord, all right? He was, he, be, he was ordained here as a pastor, became our youth pastor for a number of years, led us forward, also became a part of our leadership team here at the church, and then felt the call to head back home to Bend, Oregon. All right, and has since then has started a, a, a ground up work called Grassroots Revival. And along with his wife, Chelsea Griggs, uh, uh, Aaron and Kim, their new worship pastor, and now Ethan Evans, all right, they're just knocking it out of the park and they're doing amazing work. And we, the church, are coming alongside them and are going to make them our official first church plant from the church, our first Woo! church plant in Bend, Oregon. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So that's a good thing. And so I'm going to read this scripture right here, and then your pastors are going to gather around your other pastor right here, because you're still a pastor here, bro. That's are right. Are you still their pastor? I, I am. I have the church plaque still on my wall. Okay, so, so you're still our <laughs> pastor. All right, so check this out. Isaiah 55 says this. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. This reminds me of everything we're doing and what they're doing over there. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He who has no money, come buy and eat. 
Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, says the Lord, and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live. Amen. And, may, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the people. He made you a witness to the people over there here first and then over there now in Bend, Oregon. He's making you a witness to the people, an example to the people, a loving example, not a domineering example, but a loving example to the people mm -hmm. and a leader and commander for the people. You're a leader for the people there. All right, and your heart, and I've seen your heart, and I've seen the heart of your leadership team over there for Bend, Oregon, and it's beautiful. I, do, I truly believe that you guys, your desire is to make it easier for people to know Jesus there yeah. and to lead them into the growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And Isaiah 55, 5 says this, Behold, you shall call a nation, all right, people all around you that don't know you, and a nation that, that did not know you are going to run to you because of the Lord. Amen. Because of the Lord and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. God spoke that word over you years ago, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and it's starting to take place. Yeah. And we believe it. Amen? Amen? We believe it, right, brothers? Amen. Come on over here, bro. Let's pray for All you. Right. Father, we praise you, Lord God, and love you, Lord God. And are so thankful, Lord God, that, uh, that we weren't blind to what you were doing right here through our brother and now through his leadership and his church, Lord God, over there in, uh, well, your church over there in Bend, Oregon. Through him, we give you the praise. And we as a church, Lord God, commit to lovingly pray for him and support him and cheer him on and cheer the church on and the leadership of the church on and the congregation of grassroots revival on, Lord God, as they just to make it easier for Bend, Oregon. They're going to start there, but it's going to get crazy. And Lord God, we just give you the praise and we would commit as a family of God, as your leaders that you've placed, the lead servants you've placed in this church to pray for them, to resource them, Lord God, and even to, to lead them and to be led by them, we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Praise Woo! the Lord. Amen. Right on, man. All right, now. Preach, brother. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, now I can see everybody. How's everybody doing? You guys are, it's good to be back. I can't believe I'm back. Everybody... Back home is like, is it weird to be back? I'm like, no, it feels like, like home. You know, I, it feels good to be back. So I'm Pastor Nick. I, I know that most of you, I, I do know some of you maybe we haven't met, but now we're meeting, all right, for the first time. And now for the first time after meeting, I'm going to preach at you. Does that sound good? Yeah. Well, let's say preach to you, okay? So before we start, man, I got to tell you a little bit about me. This is just a fun fact. Ernie knows this. Um, I'm terrified of spiders. Anybody afraid of spiders? Yeah, we got some, okay. Who's not afraid of spiders? Liars. <laughs> you're either lying or you're crazy, okay? I don't know which one it is. You got to figure that out. But no, I'm, I'm joking, obviously. I'm joking. But I, I find them to be terrifying. And Ernie knows this. I first came out here and he told me that there's these spiders out here that are like this big. Now in Oregon where I grew up, the biggest spider is about the size of a quarter, all right? 
That's a big spider. You see that spider? You run away. Now, when I came out here, he told me that. I did not believe him. And uh, I thought, you know what? He, he knows I'm afraid of spiders. He's probably just messing with me. And, uh, you know, he's trying to get me afraid to go back to his house or whatever. You know, he said these spiders are waiting for me. And sure enough, dude, we get to his place. And on his porch, there's like six of these spiders. They're wolf spiders. And they're like that big. You guys know what I'm talking about? Come on, man. You guys are from Arizona. You know what I'm talking about. You guys have crazy big spiders out here. And uh, so, well, all right. So that was terrifying. So we come back, you know, Chelsea and I uh, this week, and I tell her, you know what? Remember, there's giant spiders here. And she goes, oh, yeah, that's a good point, right? Because we got used to little spiders again. And, uh, you know, I thought nothing of it until this morning. I, I'm getting up, I'm getting ready to come here, and I get in the shower, and there's this, this Airbnb we're in, it has these vaulted ceilings, like 15 feet high, and there's a big old spider just sitting on top of the shower. The ceiling, you know, and I'm like, dude, I have to get in there because I got to get to the church. Like, if this was any other Sunday that, you know, I didn't have to be somewhere, I would have waited him out, right? I would have found like a slingshot or, or something, man, a Twinkie, thrown up there, knock him off, try to kill him. But not today, man. So I get in there and I'm taking a shower and the water's hot, you know, and there's steam coming up and I have like one eye on him the whole time. And I'm like putting shampoo in my hair. I got to like look away to find the next bottle. And then I look back up and I notice, man, that he's starting to get agitated because of this, you know, the steam that's coming up, which is making me nervous. He's already directly above me, but I'm like, he's either going to run away or he's gonna come down. It's gonna be one or the other, right? And so I'm still sitting there and I gotta go to the you know, conditioner. I gotta have soft hair, you know what I mean? Like, and so I, I'm continuing this and it's getting steamier. I can't see him, right? It's like this cloud and it's freaking me out. Next thing I know, I look down and I look up and I am not joking, he was hanging right here. <laughs> Dude, I am, this is a true story. I scream jumped out of the shower. <laughs> I didn't know what to do, man. I was like, it was like sheer panic mode. If I would have had like a blowtorch, I would have burned the house down. You know what I mean? Get rid of this guy. Luckily, I was able to be a man and, <laughs> and, and kind of whack him down, you know? He's a little pat real fast. You know, I got to make sure he doesn't get on me. And then he goes somewhere and you're like looking for him because you got to spot him again, right? And uh, he went down the drain, and, and that was it. And so here I am. That's the kind of morning that I had. Now, I, <laughs> I see it one of two ways, man. Either the devil was trying to stop me from showing up by putting my worst fear in the shower with me this morning, or the Lord was giving me a fun story to tell you to break the ice. I don't know. All right? But I'm here, so I'm going to go with the latter. All right, so let's get into the Word of God. You guys excited? All right, so let me, I'm going to pray for us. You guys like to pray? All right, me too. So Father God, uh, Lord, we thank you for your word. God, man, I am so thankful that you, by giving us scripture, you have literally made it easier for us to know you. I mean, we have the, we have the ability to get in your word every day, God, and that is pretty amazing. So Father, we thank you for your word. God, we pray that today, this morning, you use it to bless us, and we know that you will. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, let's go. I got 30 minutes, all right? You ready? Where I preach back home, there is no timer. I just go. So this is, uh, I know Blake's somewhere. That's making him nervous. We're going we're gonna to get through this. All right, so we're in the book of Luke. You guys excited about that? All right, so I'm going to go through these kind of fast. Um, they're basically, we're in Luke chapter 4, uh, 38 through it looks like 41. 
And I'm gonna kind of break them up and we'll talk about them. But if you wanna write it down, write it down. If you wanna follow along, follow along. And so uh, now Jesus, we're talking about Jesus. He was just in the synagogue, right? And he was uh, casting out a, a demon out of a dude. And you guys remember that story? Last week, Justin talked about it. So we're gonna kind of pick up from that point. And it says, and he arose and he left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. It says, now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever and they appealed to him on her behalf, right? We got Jesus here now, like, hey, she's pretty sick. Uh, can you do something? And he stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her immediately. She rose and began to serve him. Now, the first thing I wanna, I wanna point out here, we're gonna talk about this as we go, go on because this is gonna kind of make our final point. But what is incredible to me is that when the preaching and teaching was done, when Jesus was done teaching and preaching, he got up and he left, all right? He went out to the streets. Now, this is a good thing to remember because today, when the preaching and teaching is done, we're all gonna leave, right? The question is, what are you gonna do when you leave here? And I love that what Jesus did is he went and he made himself available. He went and made it easier for people to have access to him. And not only that, he performed a miracle, right? He was there ready to lay down his life for somebody else. So we're going to keep going. He says in Luke chapter uh, four, verse 40, he says, now when the sun was setting, all those who had any, who were sick with various diseases brought them to him and he laid his hands on every one of them and he healed them. So listen, man, check it out. When you're reading these stories, it's really easy just to cruise through them, but you got to put yourself there and ask yourself the questions like, what happened? How did people find out that Jesus was there healing? Was it just that they just, you know, smelled it in the air? Maybe he wears a certain cologne and they knew that like, man, that smells like Jesus. Or maybe he wore no cologne at all and they're like, ooh, <laughs> I think I smell the Lord, right? No, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. You know he smelled good. But somebody shared, like, like Ernie was talking about, somebody was a witness to what Jesus was doing, what Christ was doing. Because it doesn't say that he got up and he told people that this was happening. Somebody there witnessed it and went out and said, hey, check it out. Jesus, the guy who just casted out that devil in the synagogue is now at Simon's house and his mom was sick and now she's up and she's doing stuff all because of Jesus and he did it like that. He healed her. And next thing you know, people hear the good news and they're coming, they're running to see Jesus. I mean, and they're not only are they coming, they're coming on the Sabbath and they're, these are sick people. So you gotta understand they're actually picking people up. They must be carrying them or pulling them. They're not just people getting up and say, yo, I'm super sick, I'm gonna walk. Like they have people helping them. And this on the Sabbath was kind of a no-go, right? You're supposed to be taking it easy. But because of the witness of what Jesus was doing, people's hearts were moved and they said, you know what? I don't care, I gotta be near the Lord. He says, it goes on, it says in uh, 41, and the demons also came out of many crying, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them. It would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. Now, I love these scriptures right here, right? We, we kind of saw this last week too, is these, these devils coming out, man. And they're like, you're Jesus. And he's like, shut up, right? The first thing I want to say, man, is I love when I read scriptures where it shows Jesus telling the devil to shut up. Is, is that just me? Anybody else like that? I could reread that over and over. You're going to be like, ah, dude. And yet, check it out. They had to, right? Now, 
I've, I've gone, you know, over the scriptures, a lot of questions, like, why did he do that? And, you know, I've read some commentaries, and it's hard to, to nail down an exact answer. You know, there's a lot of ideas out there. Um, one is that they might have been trying to speed up, you know, uh, the agenda of, of, of Christ being crucified by, you know, getting the word out there and, and getting some opposition. That could be one thing. Um, but one thing that, that I kind of came across that I think is, is at least somewhat true is it Jesus, like, like God is the only one who gets to reveal who Christ is, all right? The devil doesn't get a place to bring people to Jesus, all right? You with me? I, if, have you ever talked to somebody and say, how did, how did you come to Christ? And like, well, the devil told me about him. Like, dude, if, if <laughs> I'd be like, that story sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, once I said that word too many times in service and I got a little note in the box. So if you guys could put a note in the box, it's fine. I get it. Um, but right, like, that's not a great story. You know, if the devil himself, I mean, he's, like, he's anti-Jesus. So if he's talking about Jesus, man, he's not doing it for your benefit, right? There's got to be something there that, that you know, is, is off. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of prove this to you because there's a scripture here in uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse uh, 13 through 17 and you guys can write it down. You could go there. I know if you have like an actual Bible and you're flipping around right now, um, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like and I'm stepping on my water bottle. In Matthew, and this is, Peter is going to have this, he's this realization of who Jesus is. And it says, now then Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but the father who is in heaven. Yeah, amen. It's a good place for an amen. Can I get an amen in the back? All right. <laughs> so what does that what does that tell you? It, it's the Father who reveals who the Son is. It's not the devil. It's not your your you, you didn't piece it together by clever thinking and and realize that that he is who he says he is. Like this truth about who Christ is is revealed by God and God alone. The fact that you're here today, uh, you know, is because the Lord has drawn you to Himself, right? Why? Why? This, is, this is a really cool uh, thought here because if that's true, that means that he wants you. And that's cool, right? If, if Christ has been revealed to you, it's because the Lord is like, you know what? I want you. I want you to be a part of this family. And so when I look back at that scripture of these demons trying to say who Jesus is, and this is just my perception, I'm like, you know what? You don't get the right to declare who he is. You're not the one who gets to play a part in this story. You don't get to jump in and say, hey, he's the son of God. He's the son of God. Jesus is like, no, shut up. That's not, you don't get to play a part. And I think that's really cool, right? I think that's really cool that, 
that we can look back at these scriptures and we can realize that if we know God, man, if we know who Jesus is, it's because the Lord wanted that to happen. And I believe the Lord wants each and every one of us in here to have that realization of who Christ is. Did you know the most important question that you'll ever answer in your life is who is he? Who is he? Who is Jesus? And if you haven't answered that question, I just want to tell you today's the day that you need to stop and answer it. Because listen, this isn't one of those things you just want to roll the dice with, right? Because if he is who he says he is, that's a big deal. I wouldn't want to be wrong, so I'd want to stop today, and I want to take a minute, and if I haven't answered that question, I want to, I want to dig in, and I want to start pursuing the Lord and say, God, what do you say? Who do you say Jesus is? Is he the Christ? It's a big deal. And I also want to go a little farther because we saw some healing take place, right? We saw, we saw Jesus heal Simon's, uh, his mother-in-law. Hey, check it out. If you have come to know Jesus, how many of you guys understand that you've all experienced a miracle in your life because your peace with God has been restored, right? I mean, the scripture says that at one point we were children of wrath, <laughs> Okay, I know we don't like to talk about that. You don't hear that a lot, but that's what the Bible says, right? And so if Jesus could come and fix that, that's a miracle, right? So if you've given your life to Jesus, man, you have experienced the miraculous power of God in your life in the most significant way. Now, I look at all these, you know, these awesome miracles that we see, you know, people being healed. And, you know, I, I, I tell people like, man, if your idea of healing is just a physical miracle, it's, that's kind of, and I don't, don't take it the wrong way, but it's kind of a shallow idea of what healing is because there is so much more healing that needs to be done, right? The, the, the fact that I'm up here right now, like, you know, like what Pastor Ernie said, you know, when he met me, I was strung out on drugs, Okay, there was a lot of healing that needed to take place in my life, in my heart, in my mind for me to get to this place. You know, when I started at the church, man, I started uh, setting up little chairs for the, the, his kids and building barricades. And we were over there in the other school, you know, so, so they couldn't escape. You know, that was what Ernie, he said, look, he goes, I know you want to get busy, bro, but this is where you get a start. Okay, and I, did I like that at first? No, <laughs> You know, smashing my fingers back there and like, you know, you got two people saying thank you. You know, it's, it, it is what it is. But through that submission, right, to the Lord, man, I have experienced miracle after miracle and almost all of those have been within my own heart. Amen. Today, you know, I, I work with guys in, uh, in, in Oregon that are in recovery and, you know, and I, and I tell them, man, like I, today I don't struggle with addiction, I have no desire for any of that, you know? And I can only, it's not because of something I did. It's not because I somehow figured out how to be good enough to, you know, beat my own fleshly desire, you know? No, it's because the Lord took that away from me, right? And that to me is an amazing miracle. And I would be willing to bet that every person in here, you know, if you've given your life to the Lord, if you took a minute and you brought in your horizon of, or, or your idea of what a miracle is and start to take a look at what God has done in your life, you're going to find that there's a lot of cool stuff to celebrate. Amen? Right? 
So <laughs> now that we're all in agreement, let's find out what the scripture says about those who belong to Jesus. Because as we talked about being a child of wrath, right? That the Lord came in and said, hey, look, you're just going to hell. You're not doing, you know, you're not going anywhere good. He said, but check it out. I got a pathway for you to not do that, right? What does he say happened? Well, in John verse one, 10 through 12, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, he says, he says, he was in the world and the world was made through him, talking about Jesus. He says, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Now in hindsight, we can look back and we can realize how all that played out, right? He says, but to all who did receive him, man, if you receive Jesus, say I. Aye. 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 All right. If, uh, if you want to receive Jesus, say I. All right, cool. All right, we're all on the same, same page right here. All right, today's your day. If you haven't, today's the day. Because listen to this. It says that, but all who did receive him and believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You go from a child of wrath to a child of God. That's pretty amazing. You know, talk about a miracle, right? You know, we got to remember that because, you know, I've said before from this very stage, like if we really look back at like all the cool stuff that the Lord has done for us, we don't have a lot of excuses to be in a bad mood. Right? Am I right? I get it that we are. Okay, sometimes we have bad days. But maybe it would be helpful to have a list of all the miracles God has done in your life, right? Starting with that one right there. And, uh, you know, when we get a little upset, we could read that and maybe feel a little bit better. Amen. You guys feel better just hearing that, right? So that's a, that's a beautiful reality right there. It's a spiritual reality. And sometimes, you know, we just, we have to, we have to step into that. We got to take the scripture and we got to actually believe it. Because you know what? There's a, a handful of scriptures that we could throw out all day long that, that are little catchphrases, right? That every Christian knows. But my question is, do you believe those scriptures? Because if you believe them, you're going to apply them. If you apply them, we're going to make a difference in your life. But if you just have them up here, if it's just something fun to say when you see your, your fellow Christian in the hall, man, I'm telling you, it's not going to be as powerful. It still may be true. The word still may be true about you. But if you don't believe it, it's not going to change your perspective and how you approach life. Right? Yeah, see, we got one guy in the front. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Amen. That, you know what? That's clappable right there. So my question is, man, is like, if we, if we read this stuff, man, what does it look like? What is my response to the healing? Well, you look at the mother-in-law, and she got up, and she started getting busy, right? And it may be in a really practical way. I'm not saying, hey, look, uh, you got, you know, the miracle of Jesus in your life. Go clean your kitchen. I'm not trying. Don't hear what I'm not saying, all right? If your kitchen's dirty, go clean it. But you know what? What I'm thinking is like, man, we should follow suit, Right? We should be ready to get up and go out and engage our community. If we believe the word of God, if we believe that greater is he who is in me than is in the world, man, then I should walk a little bit taller, a little bit less fearless and go out there and be ready to engage the problems that, that, that I see, right? And obviously, hey, I want to I wanted put a reminder out there because in this time of great division in our country, uh, in our communities, a lot of people are, are, are fighting over a lot of things. Remember that our first weapon is love, okay? First, it's not, you know, pointing fingers. It's not trying to, you know, to hate a, a people group that we haven't even met yet. It's, it's, you know what, if you've been watching too much news, man, I challenge you to turn it off. They, you know, it sells fear. You know, you know why? Because fear gets views. 
okay? If I can get you afraid, man, you're going to keep coming back. You're going to keep coming back because I got you hooked. Maybe it's time, if you're struggling that area of, of, of not being able to love your brother out there, maybe they're not, you know, they're not a believer, but, you know, you're still supposed to love them. You know, maybe you got to turn, turn it off, change the channel, and find out what is the Lord saying because the scripture tells me, man, that I'm supposed to meditate and think about all the stuff that's good and holy and righteous and pure and all that good stuff, right? How often are we blowing it? Pretty often, right? You know, take your thoughts captive, all that good stuff. You know, when I get into something that's getting me scared, I'm not taking my, I want to find out what happens next. I'm like, tell me more. What else did they do? You know? And what happens is we end up sabotaging ourselves and the mission that God called us to, which is to go out there and to, to spread the love of Jesus. I love the, you know, what the recenter does. You know, it's, it's creating a Jesus culture without demanding a Jesus response. Now, I'm not telling you, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you go out there and you uh, subscribe to everybody's ideals and all that. No, I'm not saying that. But what, the, the last thing we do is we, we can't allow hatred into our heart towards the people out there that need to know Jesus. Because every person out there that you might perceive to be your enemy, man, if they have an encounter with Jesus, man, they become your ally. They become your brother and your sister. <laughs> I got some amens out of that one. I like it, man. But this is the truth, right? We are supposed to be about, you know, going out there and expanding the kingdom, right? Doing kingdom work, man, being the, like Jesus. When the preaching and teaching is done, man, I'm leaving the church and I'm gonna go out there on mission to make a difference in my community. There's somebody out there that needs to encounter the love of Jesus. And you could be that vessel. Now, when I worked here at the church, man, you know, Chelsea and I, it very, you know, it, it was amazing. The job I had here, uh, you know, uh, steady. You know, I, had, I didn't have to worry about, you know, what was going to happen tomorrow so much. You know, it was a, a comfortable place for us to be. And when the Lord called us out to Oregon, it was a little bit scary, right? And sometimes, you know, and, and not everybody's going to go plant a church. I get that. But I'm telling you, everybody is being called to some degree outside of the building right? And when we went out there, you know, I told my wife, I said, I feel like the Lord is, is calling us back to Oregon. And she was a little freaked out. Like, oh, she's like, okay, but when and how, and how are we going to make money? You know, all this stuff, right? All valid questions. And I was like, well, I don't really know. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man, I did not get to the place that I'm at in life because I, you know, I, uh, by making a habit of saying no to the Lord, man, you know, I, I, I learned easy early on, you know, well, not too early when I was about 30 because I made a lot of mistakes before that. But that, you know what? My only real option in life was to trust God and just see where it goes, right? Stop turning back to the stuff that, that, that hurts me. Stop trying to make my own way. And I, I read this verse, this scripture, and it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and this is like my life verse, man. I, yeah, I got some fans. Amen, brother, right? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Say all. all. And do not lean on your own understanding. Say my understanding. My understanding. <laughs> yeah, because let me tell you, how many times has your understanding got you in trouble? I... Uh, if it hasn't, man, you're not telling the truth again. No. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> it says that I love this, man. It's, those are great verses, but it says this, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. 
And so if you, you, again, about the word of God, man, you have to, you got to hear it, right? You got to believe it and apply it. And how do I apply this when I'm going out to Oregon or going out here is I got to trust the Lord, man. If I have sought, you know, the voice of the Lord in my life and I, and I'm convinced at least 80% that he's saying to go here and check it out. Sometimes that's all you get. 80%, 80%, all right? You know, there's always a little bit of room for doubt. You know, the enemy's voice tell you, are you sure that's God, right? But if I have if sought the, you know, the, the voice of God and I feel like he's saying to go, man, you know what? The best thing that I can do is go, is go. To trust that even though things don't make sense according to Nick, man, he doesn't have to play by the same rules that I do. And he can make a way where there was no way. Again, man, look at us all here today, right? How many of you guys at one point in your life, there was no way you ever thought you'd be in here? And the Lord said, you know what? Check it out. <laughs> I'm going to make a way. Quit trying to figure things out in, in all your ways. Acknowledge him, man. This means that in all I do to the best of my ability, I want to bring God into the equation. There's nothing that, like, listen, here's what we do a lot of times is we have a, a category over here. This is the God stuff. This is the stuff I gave to the Lord. And this is stuff he gave me a brain. He gave me, I'm just going to take care of this. And he doesn't need any access to it because you know what? He gave me all I need to take care of that, Right. And that's what we do. And so we make a lot of decisions in our life that we don't bring God into because we think we're smart enough to make them for ourselves. Well, if you go back a verse, you're gonna find out that you're not smart enough because it said, do not lean on your own understanding. All right? Some of the things that make the most sense, God might just say no to. All right? I've experienced that. I've, I've seen it happen. You know, people like that really seemed like it was the right thing. Turned out it was a disaster. Say, hey, well, did you talk to the Lord about that? Uh, No, it just seemed like the right thing to do. Well, next time, maybe include God into the conversation. It might go a little different. He sees beyond what I see. Amen? He sees farther than I see. So I always want to trust the word of the Lord in my life, and I want to acknowledge him in all my ways. That means, man, I need to, dude, I need to be in the word of God. I need to be finding out what his ways are, and I need to be, uh, you know, living a life that is obedient to, to what God says. Right? Listen, check it out, man. There's, I run into people all the time and say, oh, you read the Bible and you live this stuff out. That's legalism. That's, you know, I don't like that. That's all those rules. It's like, that's not God. Yeah, yeah it is. Listen, man, if you're doing it for the right reason because you love the Lord, it's not some weird thing, right? If you're not doing it, if the Lord is speaking to you through his word and he's leading you in a certain way and you're saying, no, I'm not gonna do it, that's rebellion, right? That ain't freedom. Freedom is only found in Christ. So I'm gonna acknowledge God in all my ways and I'm gonna trust at the end of the day that if I'm doing those things, right, that he's gonna direct my path. And no matter where he leads, I'm a follow. We moved to a community where there is, you know, I grew up in Bend and we moved back out there to find out that it's 74%, 74, 75% unchurched. Now, you know, I, I was out here for about seven years and went back and a lot has changed in my community from when I grew up to what it looks like now. There's a lot of people that have moved to this particular area of the country, um, you know, because it's, it's, it's beautiful, it, it, without a doubt. You know, we have mountain views, all that stuff, you know, but, but who, they, don't, they don't know the Lord, man. They're just out there worshiping his creation. How many of you guys know we're not, we're not called to worship creation. We're called to worship the creator, you know, right? Is it just me or did I, did I read that wrong? 
Right? Justin, is that true? Yeah, okay, thanks, man. I knew, I knew someone's got my back up here, right? And so I was surrounded by people who are creating culture in our community. But what they don't know, and, and, you know, and they don't know it, is that a lot of the culture they're creating is the agenda of the enemy, right? Because he wants to have a godless culture. He wants to say, hey, don't worship the creator. Worship the creation. Look, it's the mountains. It's the universe. Man, I got to tell you, I trip out when people are, you know, praying to the universe. I'm like, well, that's like praying to a tree, you know? <laughs> if, you, if that's you, man, pray to the Lord, man. It's him. It's his creation. Amen? Amen. It, right. It, that, it's, you know, you, you, you got to have the, the right perspective. So as we go out there, man, we see people that are living this life of just indulgence, man. It's all me. It's all me. I'm here to have fun, and that's it. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Like, like, we all have this deep need for purpose. We need to be fulfilled by something. And if it's not Christ, it doesn't matter, like, how much you get or how much you consume or how much beauty you see. It's always going to leave you empty. Now, we know that because we've experienced some of these miracles in our life. You know what? Now that I have the Lord in my life, is life always easy? No, I'm not saying it's always easy, Right? No, there's challenges in my life. Don't, you know, don't hear what I'm, I'm not saying. A lot of people think I'm just going to give my life to Jesus and it's all going to be a cakewalk. I don't see that in scripture. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. But I'll tell you what, the stuff that God has brought into my life makes up for all of it. it makes up for all of it. Man, even on, on my, again, on my worst day, the fact that, man, I have peace with my God, that I can read his word and, and, and realize that, man, that I have the right to, to be called one of his kingdom kids, man. Like, dude, that's a big deal. When God makes a promise of your life, nobody can take that away, right? And so as we're out in our community and we see people that, that are lost, we know the answer, right? We know where the healing comes from. It's Jesus. And so as we go out there, we're going to share our witness of what we've seen the Lord do for us. And we have a small crew right now, and they're watching. So hi, guys and girls. But, man, these guys in Ben, man, they are our brothers and sisters, Right? I can't wait till you guys meet them. They can't wait to meet you guys, but we are one family. Amen. We might be a little ways away, but if you ever want to come and hang out, come hang out, man. We'll go out and we're going to share the word of the Lord. We're going to share Jesus with the people. I love what uh, Pastor Aaron said. Ernie came out there and we prayed over our city and Aaron goes, you know what, God, we love Bend. We love Bend. Now, I don't know if you guys have watched the news in the last couple of years, but, you know, it, it's sad to say I moved back to Oregon. Next thing I know, Oregon is on the news like every other night. <laughs> you know, has anybody see, seen any news stories about Portland, Oregon? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Why? And people are hitting me up like, Nick, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, I'm okay. <laughs> we saw the news. Okay, three hours away from where I live, man. I'm Okay. All right, just checking, man. I was worried. I was going to come out there and get you. But here's the thing, man. You know, is a lot of people are, are seeing the problems out here in the world today. They're, they're running away. 
You know, people are, I got to get out of here, man. I got to get out of here. Things are going south, man. I got to go. I got to go where, where things are okay. I got to find, you know, the right state or the right city or the right town. And you see people moving. They're, instead of engaging the problem, they're running away from the problem. I'm here to tell you today, man, like the way God built me, when I see a giant in my community, when I see something that seems impossible, man, I want to be like David. I want to run in and engage, and I want to take the head from the giant. Amen. If we continue as God's people to disengage and go, you know, whether it be just in the church or whether we find another place to live or whatever the case may be, well, guess what? We're giving up on the mission. We're giving up on the heart of God. We're giving up on all those people and saying, you know what? It's just not worth it. I'm sorry for your luck. Man, I went back to Bend, a city I was born in. And I look and I say, you know what? Man, this is my town. I was born here. I'm not gonna just run away. I'm gonna engage. I'm gonna fall in love with my city and I'm gonna believe the word of the Lord that Jesus is healing, right? And that if people could just come into relationship with him, man, they could have what I have. You know what? That excites me. There's 100,000 people in that town that I haven't met yet, but I'm excited to meet them. Amen? We were recently out in the city and we were, you know, uh, just putting up flyers and, you know, for, for our, our service and uh, Aaron and Ethan and I, and uh, we were in this little beauty shop that Aaron, you know, his wife knew the owner. So we're like, all right, safe place to put up a flyer. And uh, as we're coming out, we meet a girl and she's got a three-legged dog uh, named uh, Koa or no, uh, I think it is Koa. I, I think I'm getting it wrong. Koda. Okay, and, and we say, oh, wow, there's a three-legged dog, man. Like, he's getting around good. And, and, and she said, oh, yeah, this is, you know, Coda. You know, she called him codependent or something like that. You know, was, you know, <laughs> you know he's only got three legs. You know, so he needs some help. And uh, we started talking, and we found out, man, that the Lord had been drawing her to himself. She's like, man, I brought my Bible today. This is crazy that you guys are here, man. I just started praying again. I started pressing in, and I just feel God pulling my heart back to him. And I said, well, check it out. That is amazing because he's done so many amazing things in our life. Dude, I know that he's got a plan and a purpose for you. You should come check out Grassroots, man. It's a place where you can come. We're making it easier for people to know Jesus. And she shows up, man, and she's like in worship and she's just being, you know, she's got tears of joy as she's experiencing the goodness of the Lord. And, and we're just so excited. Thank you so much for sharing Jesus with me that day because, you know what, I love where I'm at. And she's come again, and I guess she missed one time, and she, she made sure we knew that she had it. And I was like, wow, you don't have to give us like your reasons why you're not here, but thank you, you know? But all a result of going out into the community after the preaching and the teaching is done to go be a witness to the people, right? And not with some weird agenda where you're, you know, like, hey, you know, convert or die, you know? <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. Should I say that, Justin? No. <laughs> oh, gosh, my timer's going red. Okay. But to really go out and see people and slow down, you know what, and talk to them, right? And find out, you know what, man, they might not have it all figured out. But, you know, this has never been about our perfection, right? I say this all the time. It's not about my perfection. It's my pursuit of Jesus, right? I'm going to make mistakes. I'm, I ain't better than nobody, right? 
I'm, I'm just, I'm excited to be on the show, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, that's just how we go out. We go out and we encounter people in a genuine, authentic way. And guess what? They, they, when you do that, when you do like what Jesus did, and he went out and he made it easier for people to know him, you know what? They experience the, the authentic Jesus in you. And guess what? They like it. They say, you know what? Thank you for being real. And thank you for sharing the love of Christ. Amen. Amen? The day that Jesus left the synagogue and went to Simon's house, the healing, right, went with him. You know, all those people could have ran to the building and found their healing, their miracle, but they didn't. Why? Because the healing, it's in Christ. It's in Jesus. It was at Simon's house. Why? Because that's where Jesus was. And so we know, man, as we lead people to Christ, they're going to experience a miracle. Amen. It may not be, you know, the, it may be a physical miracle. I'm not saying it's not. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But we know that he works miracles. And so I'm going to finish with this, right? Blake was talking about being uh, internally strong so we could be externally focused. And that is, you know, essentially what has happened in my life is being a part of this church that is internally strong, which is now able to send people out to plant churches, right? That's pretty amazing. I want to take it a step further, though, and challenge us personally to prioritize becoming internally strong so we can be externally focused. I want to be strong in here so that I can go out there and be a blessing. So as we come in here, man, this is what we're doing in the church. We're, we're coming together to get stronger, to get equipped so that we can go out and we can make a difference. But I just want to give you guys a couple uh, uh, pointers on how you can do this. Does that sound good? You might say, like, how do I do this? And uh, the number one thing, you know, if you, you know, obviously say yes to Jesus, all right? I'm just going to assume that you've done that. If you haven't done that, today's the day. There's nothing stopping you from saying yes to Jesus today, all right? Say yes to Jesus, and then this is my challenge. Fall in love with God's word. Fall in love with it, okay? Read it, believe it, apply it. And what I'm saying, when I say read the word of God, some of you guys are thinking, all right, I will. I'm reading it today, and next Sunday I'm going to read it again. No. <laughs> That's not what I mean. <laughs> Open it up to the best of your ability every day, and if you miss a couple days, that's all right. Hunger to hear the voice of God in your life. Make it a priority, man, like just a deep hunger, like I got to hear from God, man. I got to acknowledge him in all my ways. I need to know what he says first. Now, a huge piece of this is going to be just being in his word, okay? Like, like I said, he made it easier by giving you the Bible. Obey what you hear, all right? Obey what you hear. I think we're all guilty of blowing it every once in a while. Lord says, go do that. And we're like, no, nah, I ain't the Lord. <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> no, right? If he says, go, go. If he says, stay, stay. But do, do. And above all else, trust him. Trust him. Don't trust your fear. Don't trust your circumstances. Trust the Lord. I can tell you as a fact that I would not be in the position I'm in today if I didn't choose to trust the Lord. Because I got a zillion reasons to 
to convince myself not to be here. But I've continued to show up and trust the Lord. I, I tell you, if you do these things, man, you will be internally strong and you will, he's going to take you somewhere, right? And you will make a difference. Amen? If Jesus is the light of the world and that light is in you, it's time to go out there and shine a little bit. Amen? All right.